0: This is LiveWell Talk on Domestic Violence. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at UnityPoint Health, St. Luke's Hospital. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Joining me today is Sarah Nightingale, Program Coordinator for St. Luke's Ties Program, and Erica Albald, Trauma Abstractor and Injury Prevention Educator at St. Luke's. Sarah and Erica are also members of St. Luke's Stop Abuse for Everyone Committee, using the acronym of SAFE, and are here today to discuss domestic violence. What are we doing as a team at Union Point Health? And what are the resources available for victims and their families? Thank you both for joining me.
1: Thank you, Dr. Arnold. Thank you.
0: I've always been a little annoyed by the term domestic violence, just in the fact that it's violence. And I, I think the descriptor of domestic downplays the gravity of the situation. Police officers respond to domestic disturbance, right? And it sounds like well, it's not a real call; they're just going to domestic disturbance. But however, that's in the history of law enforcement, particularly here in eastern Iowa, more police officers have been killed in line of duty responding to domestic disturbances than bank robbers, etc. So, you know, so sometimes I think I, I think that's that's just my personal opinion, but it kind of minimizes the the severity of what is going on. So let, let's start off by what what is the definition of domestic violence, Sarah?
1: Yeah, so domestic violence is really categorized as patterns of behaviors that one partner in an intimate relationship uses to maintain power and control over another partner in that intimate relationship. So the thing that is also important to remember here is it it doesn't discriminate. So it can happen to someone of any race, any age, gender, sexual orientation. Um, it the, the, It's characterized by Maintaining power and control over another individual in that um, intimate partner relationship. Um, There are six kind of commonly viewed types of domestic violence, according to the National Domestic Violence Hotline. I think that as a society, we really, there's a couple that we really view very easily and kind of understand when we talk about domestic violence. But there are some other types of abuse that occur as well that we're just not as commonly versed about or don't always think of as a domestic violence situation.
0: What are some of those?
1: First, to kind of discuss some of the more commonly ones, we um, the first one is kind of physical abuse. That's the most commonly thought of type. It includes sort of aggressive acts against um, an individual, sometimes even prevention of seeking medical attention uh, based on the injuries that come from those aggressive acts. It can be even prevention of normal eating and sleeping habits, so that could be restricting diets or restricting sleep, as well as sort of determining when an individual eats and sleeps, or even forcing the use of drugs or alcohol on an individual when that's not their own choice or decision in that situation. Uh, One of the statistics related to physical abuse um, that we really wanted to bring attention to today was that one in two female murder victims and one in thirteen male murder victims are actually killed by intimate partners. Right. So right. it's it's um, a very important topic that that we bring this up today.
0: I, I find that a little the the disparity in that statistic a, a little bit more than what I thought. Now, I I was certainly going to expect that the uh, ratio to be a little bit higher for women, but I didn't think it would be that much different than for men.
1: that, mm-hmm. um, and I think. Part of that can be re- reporting as well. You know, it, when sure. it comes to, to males, sometimes we don't always, um, uh, they don't always seek help or support as much as females do, kind of statistically perhaps, with stigma that comes around domestic violence Sure, um, sure. for males. Another form of domestic violence that is very commonly known is uh, emotional abuse. So those are things like name calling, insulting, or continuously criticizing someone. Isolating them from their family and friends. Gaslighting, which is kind of a new term or or something that's more commonly known right now, which sort of refers to the act of undermining another person's reality by denying facts. So it's kind of manipulating someone into questioning their own reality based on factual information. Um, And then attempting to control appearances. So that can be things like whatever they're wearing whether they wear makeup or not, how they wear their hair, how they groom themselves, those can all be forms of emotional abuse as well. Um, Sexual abuse or coercion is also kind of what we commonly think of, and that is sort of forcing or manipulating an individual into having sex or performing sexual acts, hurting someone during sex if it's not maybe a a former agreed-upon situation, ignoring someone's feelings regarding sex, making um, a partner feel like they owe their partner sexual favors, or even um, making someone feel threatened or afraid of what might happen if they say no. So it's not always about um, the actually forcing someone into a sexual act, but it can be just the threat or fear that exists if they say no. Again, another statistic to highlight that I I just thought would be important here is that one in five women... And 1 in 40 men in the United States are victims of rape or attempted rape during their lifetime. Uh, So oftentimes that happens more so with someone they know as opposed to a stranger. Uh, So oftentimes someone they might be in an intimate relationship with.
0: Erica, you have a perspective on this?
1: Yeah, well, we also have another one that's not really um, known
2: as well either. It's reproductive abuse. And that's referring to... um, Refusing to use a condom or types of birth control, poking holes in condoms, or not supporting their partner in a decision to either have an abortion or not having the abortion, not having that um, partner to let them have their own mind and choose what they want to do. Also, we have financial abuse. That includes stealing or hiding someone's money from them or denying them access to it. Uh, Forbidding someone to work. Or limiting the amount of hours that they're able to work, or not contributing to the household um, expenses like clothing, um, or contributing to the household as in like helping pay rent or stealing money from their friends or families. We also have digital abuse, which is pretty high. I think among the younger generation as well as everyone has Facebook or. Twitter or whatnot. So when digital abuse comes in, it's sending negative or insulting or threatening emails or messages on social media like Facebook or Twitter. It's also stealing like their password or insisting that they give them their password or just simply by putting a tracker on their phone or their car so they can always check and see where they're at and monitor what they're doing.
0: Huh, yeah, I think those are some things that don't come to mind when you think about domestic uh violence uh and abuse uh but they certainly are significant and 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 it's all comes down to its form of intimidation, mm-hmm. really, you know you're trying to influence someone else's behavior I think it was Greenland, but it could have been Iceland, you know they're both uh island nations. But the, the, they actually had to shut down liquor stores during the COVID lockdown because domestic violence skyrocketed. So what what have we seen with the COVID lockdown? I mean, I even think the best marriage is strained when you're both in the same household for more than what you used to be.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think we will end up seeing some statistics come from this. It it may be a little too soon to really to really know where that lands, but. COVID has definitely made things more challenging for domestic violence victims, their loved ones. Just as you said, um any sort of healthy marriage being in a close quarters consistently together, especially during uh kind of that stay at home time frame um and then it he is had, difficult. And
0: financial disruption on top yes. of that or financial unpredictability.
1: Yes, yes. I think and and part of that with with the closure of Many social service agencies, a lot of people going to uh, telehealth services, maybe social workers not being allowed into the home where maybe they normally would be, or seeing individuals on a daily basis or a weekly basis, um, and some of those social distancing requirements. So families and friends weren't able to go visit their family and friends. I think what we are, are seeing is that victims um, during this time period have been more disconnected from the individuals who might be able to help and support them during that time. And and so, I, you know, I don't have specific specific statistics, and we might not have those for a little while until we really are able to see. Um, I, I think what we're going to be seeing is a decrease in, in reporting, but probably an increase in the actual domestic uh, violence that's occurring.
0: I think that's probably correct. And I've heard Dr. Buttress from the Child Protection Center feels the same way about children yes. child abuse that they're less because they're not going to school. You know, right. so they're not going to school and the teacher's not noticing a mark or a, a change in behavior and, and then subsequently mandatory reporter kicking in. And I'm sure that's the same for an adult victim of abuse. They perhaps they're not uh, uh, being noticed by a coworker and someone's not reaching out to them. Um I think I think for people that haven't had this in their life, uh, particularly men, maybe I'm describing myself here. Um, it's it's hard to grasp. Uh, it, it's hard to understand that you know I'm of the generation that you know you don't hit a woman, you don't hit a girl. Uh, that that's just you know that's just a given, and yeah. it's not to say that kids today think that it's okay to do that. So so I, I think it's I think it's hard uh, to understand. Uh, when this happens, as someone that you know it has an effect of their lives, but what sort of concept is there as to, to why this happens? I mean, I guess I'm afraid that a victim would just normalize and say, "Well, this is just part of being married." Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. this is just part of being in a relationship. You know, you got to get backhanded every now and then, which is you know unequivocally false. But so, so what is what is some of the 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 not necessarily rationale, but how how do you break that sort of Mindset of well, it's my fault. You know, I triggered right. this. He he worked so hard, and I triggered this. It's it's a hard concept for people to understand. But how how does how's that get in? Uh, how is that addressed? And you know, what resources do we have that fit into that to help people address that?
1: That's a great question, and I think um, you know a lot of times.
0: All my questions are great.
1: But <laughs> I believe that. Um, I I think. Um, it is a struggle for those victims who who do like you like you were saying think that it, it's my fault I, I caused this particular situation and oftentimes that comes from uh, that doesn't just sort of spur overnight that oftentimes comes from somewhere and and I think um, uh, it, it's that coercion and the, that manipulation that power and control over time that that uh, sort of kind of fosters that reality like, for like, that individual. Uh, you know,
0: I can my grandmother. Uh, you know, she was born nineteen eighteen. She's passed away. She was well into her nineties. Every divorce was the wife's fault mm-hmm. because she grew up in that generation that you just you take care of your husband. Mm-hmm. And she was never a victim of abuse or anything, and had a very wonderful marriage. But that, but that's she just automatically any divorce was that well. That must the wife must not be uh, keeping that home happy. So, so I think there's this this pressure, probably not to speak up at times,
1: mm-hmm. right? A- absolutely, I mean, absolutely. And a lot of times perpetrators are using things against an individual as well. So if they have kids together, there's the manipulation of of children that can be used against an individual. So it it can prevent them from not wanting to seek help or threatening against family or friends. Um, If that perpetrator is the sole financial provider as well or um, contributes significantly financially to the relationship, uh, that can be another reason why victims don't stand up for themselves or don't kind of come forward. Because of fear, what happens beyond um, this life that, that I know, sometimes um, it's, I, I know what exists in this world for me right now. If I step beyond that, I'm not sure what happens. So if I come out of this place where I'm not financially uh, taken care of in a certain way, then, then what happens for me and my family? And, and so it can be a lot of that, that manipulation and coercion by, by the, the perpetrator. I think in this local community in in Lynn County, we have some wonderful resources that help an individual. I think the important thing for one thing I wanted to highlight, the important thing for maybe loved ones of a potential victim is to know that it oftentimes takes several times, multiple times for a victim to leave. Like I just discussed with um, the manipulation and coercion with children or other uh, threatening of other loved ones. It, it can often take take multiple times. And so the important thing is to uh, be supportive, be there when you can, have resources available. And when that person is ready to seek out those resources, you know, being respectful of that and helping support them on that, that journey. For example, Waypoint Services is an excellent organization in the Lynn County area who helps domestic violence victims and their loved ones. We also have... Um, Amani Community Services. They focus on African Americans who are struggling with domestic violence issues as well as sexual abuse. And Friends of the Family is also another great resource of the area who provides domestic violence shelter and and support as well.
0: So what 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 is the Safe Committee? I i never heard of this. Uh, stop abuse for everyone. Um, you know. So it, what? Give me the history of that here at St. Luke's. Um, and what what's what plans do you have for? Domestic uh, uh violence awareness month and what services do you provide? Never heard of it.
1: Never yeah. Of it. Yeah. So the the SAFE Committee, as you said, stands for Stop Abuse for Everyone, and it was established um, as a community for Unity Point Health in figuring out how we can make sure that we are, at least as a um hospital setting and then our clinics, how we can make sure that we are addressing these issues of abuse as as we see them coming into um, our facilities, as well as how we can support the community in that in that matter as well. And so it's about educating the employees on how to recognize things like domestic violence, child abuse, elder abuse, um, human trafficking. Those are kind of our four focus groups um, as well. And so we're, we're educating staff. We're learning how we can contribute to our community and how we can be better at supporting uh, victims who are going through some of this. And Erica can actually touch on what we are doing as a safe committee. We are made up of social workers around the hospital. Um, Myself, you know, I'm the program coordinator of the Ties Program. Um, Erica works uh, with uh, trauma. So we're a variety of disciplines around the hospitals trying to support kind of the same cause. So Erica can discuss what we're doing as it relates to domestic violence.
2: So so since October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, we are going to be doing our annual Waypoint Food and Hygiene Drive again this year. Last year, we were able to collect close to 5,000 items for the Waypoint shelter. I do remember this last year. Yeah, I think your department won once. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Um, So with that being said, it's going to be October 5th through the 23rd. So look in your in your different units for the boxes and the bags and the list of items that we're going to be looking for. And again, this year, we are hoping to do that pizza party again for the largest department with the most donations and the smallest department with the most donations as well. We are also going to be having the lights outside be purple to support um, domestic violence and to raise awareness. And then Waypoints is selling gentleman campaign shirts, which are really cool. You can get those at the waypointservices.org. And you can wear those or just a purple shirt every Friday for the month of October as well. The Gentleman's Campaign is a series of events that are held to uh, recognize the individuals, especially men who are taking a stand with domestic violence. So it's a group of guys that are kind of leading that on and and fighting against domestic violence
0: you know that's that's wonderful I think like a lot of things the first the first step is drawing attention to it, and then hopefully the rest of it falls into place so I think that's that's Absolutely. outstanding. what words of advice uh, do you have for someone who may be struggling with either domestic abuse or violence what what, what would be the words of advice if if I was a victim of that and I contacted what would you what would you what would be the first conversation you have?
2: I would probably just let you know that I'm here if you need anything or a any place to go. Um, and also to use those resources, call that 211. Um, if you need help That and you're not in the Lynn County area, they can give you resources in other um, areas of the state as well. Um, to always just reach out. There's people that are here to talk to you. You can go to the police department, the fire department, the hospitals. There's people that um, are willing to help you get the help that you need. And don't stop trying because your life is worth it.
0: Absolutely.
1: I would agree with Erica on that 100%. And also to remember uh, that it's one day at a time, sometimes one minute at a time, sometimes one second at a time to walk through this process. I think what can be discouraging sometimes is is thinking far in the future of what happens with my life, if I step out of this relationship and and walking into kind of uncertainty and not knowing what lies ahead, and so uh, thinking about taking that one step at a time, like I said, sometimes one second at a time, sometimes it feels like it gets worse before it gets better. Um, in the sense that it can be scary, but that there are people here to support you along the way, and that your life is worth it. Um, your children's life is worth it. You deserve to be loved and cared for, whether that's by family, friends, or in a significant other relationship. Um, and so your life is worth seeking help and support for. So taking that one step at a time.
0: Sarah, Erica, thank you for coming. This has been great great information as well as advice. Again, that was Sarah Nightingale and Erica Allball, members of St. Luke's Stop Abuse for Everyone Committee, the SAFE Committee. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.